today's topic, today's uh, discussion of practice, as we begin it, is looking at vocation. And vocation is a, a word that is not commonly used anymore, like many of our other practices of uh, repentance and devotion, and now we have vocation. And when it is used, it's normally used in a very narrow sense. Uh, and we actually, as Christians, understand that we have many callings in life. That is not down to just one, but rather we have actually very many. When I think about vocations, I think of this time when I was at a, uh, a fundraising dinner for scholarships for church workers. And they needed a beautiful face to represent the church workers. <laughs> So they invited my roommate, and I came with him. <clears throat> and while I was, while I was there, I was uh, standing waiting for someone to just come up and talk and represent the school. And uh, uh, an older gentleman who was uh, kind of feeble, walking with a cane, walked over and just started asking me questions. Did I go to the school? Yes. Uh, what was I studying? Art and theology and... Um, answering those questions. And I, I asked him, what is it that you do? He said, well, I'm, I'm a retired military officer. Okay, well, that's, you know, it's nice to meet you. Thanks for your service. And uh, asked him where all he was stationed. He was stationed all over the country and, and uh, retired in Washington, D.C. Uh, so I asked, what is it that he does now? And he said, well, I, I just basically do this. I go around and I I support the church and, and do fundraising. Oh, okay. Well, people do that, I guess, I suppose. So uh, as, as we were all called together to, uh, to listen to the speakers for the day, and uh, the uh, college president stood up to deliver his remarks and, and to introduce his, the, the guest speaker of honor. So start to talk about this guest speaker, that this man was uh, a veteran of World War II and Korea and Vietnam and uh, that this man was someone who eventually was appointed to chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff in Washington, D.C. And as, as a, the descriptions are going on, I'm starting to look around. Where's the man with the medals? Where is the, the guy? And Now, you know, as he does this, he also is the uh, person who represents our government with Vietnam to bring home POWs or, or uh, the remains of our soldiers. And you know, I'm really interested in who it is. And, and say, John... William Vesey, come on up and up stands this little man that I talked to and was rather sarcastic with. And as he walked up there, he began to talk. And his conversation was not any sort of conversation I was expecting to hear from a chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, but rather he talked about mission and vision and direction in the church and how we are one body in Christ. And afterwards, I went up and I, I, I said to him, I said, I'm so sorry, I really had no idea who you were. He said, well, I introduced myself to you. I told you the important parts. <laughs> it took me a while to realize how accurate that man really was. That it wasn't the thing for him to be defined as the four-star general. But actually what he was interested in were the people that he was meeting. Was the place that he was at was the service that he had been called to to do at that point in time. It was kind of a humbling experience because I, I imagine that if I had held the rank, the highest rank in our military, the largest and uh, now the 
the biggest and, and, and best military in existence at this point, that's something I would kind of brag about. But not for him. Because you see, for the Christian, our identity is not actually in our occupation. We started off this series where we were talking about the way in which Christ has come and given us a new identity, that we are people who are now known to have His eternal love, and that we are people who have been actually granted His eternal life. And that being remade in His image and that people that have this redefined identity, we are given the values of worshiping our God and and joining together in community. And how all of that comes to fruition in our vocations. But it is not the vocations themselves that define us. Whereas the world always uses them to define us. When we started uh, teaching this, and and we started with teaching this with our our Sunday morning studies, we asked people to write down immediately how it is that they identify themselves. And every person wrote down their vocations. I am to be known by my occupation. I am known as a mother. I am known as a father. I am known as a son or a daughter. But in the gospel, in the gospel we are actually known by Jesus Christ. We are known as people who are loved and we are known as people who have been brought to life. There's a lot of... uh, Preachers today that are starting to grab a hold of this idea of vocation because we often wonder, now that we are people who are loved and living, how does this translate into our daily life? And unfortunately, many miss the point in just talking about our vocations being our jobs. And as Christy pointed out, and as I said earlier, that that our vocations stretch far beyond that, that actually it is a calling to be a husband and a wife. That it is a vocation to be a child or a student. That it is a calling to even be a friend. And believe it or not, it is even a vocation to be a member of the Lamb of God Evangelical Lutheran Church. A citizen of the United States. All of these are our different vocations. And that is in our vocations where we see the rubber hit the road, where we see God coming to fruition in our lives, where we see interaction between each other and the love of God really grow between each other. In our reading, we read about how uh, building upon a rock and that that is our sure foundation. Our lives, our lives hit built, uh, a house built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. A house built by God for God. And it is in our vocations that each of those little rooms become populated with people. But far too often, not only do we just think our vocation is only our work, but we disorganize our vocations. 
We get our order messed up. We get the priorities in our lives off whack. To where many times our vocations even become the very idols in our life. That whereas we, when we become parents, eventually that child moves into the place of God and our identity only becomes as parent. We're upon marrying maybe that we, we idolize our husband or our wife so much that that person becomes our God and the only vocation we can ever have is that of husband and wife. But the most common of all, especially in our world, especially in our country today, is when our occupation becomes everything. Where our vocation of living out in our occupation becomes what we are known for. To where when we are asked who we are, we answer by our occupation. I'm a pastor. I'm a banker. I'm a social worker. I am a mailman. I am everything like that. A brother of mine in the ministry once told me about one of his parishioners that (coughs) was in need of help. This young man married, uh, found a woman that, that he was to love and to hold and cherish. So he married her, and, and they started to grow together. But a year into their, into their marriage, the young man started to become distant, distant to his wife, distant even in church, distant to all of his relationships. And, and the reason was always good. Got to work. You see, he... He was a driven young man, which is something that we, we certainly uh, encourage people to be. And as he was driven in his job, he kept working his way up the ladder, something that we also think is very good and a way to tell our success in life. But it started to do it at a cost. He started to become unfamiliar with his wife and unfamiliar with his community. The way he started to make it balance in his mind was maybe he would spend all of his hours at work, but every now and then he would break and they would go and live lavishly for a weekend or a week somewhere and then come back. But unfortunately, those weekends and weeks never equal up to the amount of time that's missed. Eventually, the pastor following the writing of our reading here, made the appointment with this young man and sat him down and said, Look, your work doesn't care. Your work is not going to hold your hand at the divorce hearings. Your work is not going to stand by you when everything falls apart. Your occupation will not follow you into retirement. This identity of yours is going to wash everything away. How many of us have fallen into that exact same problem? Chasing after those vocations to try and bring some sort of definition into our life only for them to be the very thief that comes in the middle of the night and takes 
from us. For the parent that winds up making the child their very idol and their only vocation, that sooner or later when that child leaves, they look at their husband or their wife and they cannot even remember them. In our society now, we see a huge influx of divorce within the Middle Ages. All because, once hitting empty nesters, they've forgotten how to even talk to each other. That when we come home from work, we have given it everything, all of our time, all of our energy, that the only thing we can possibly do is turn on the television. These are our callings. These are the ways that God is to be showing himself, not just to us, but to others. These are the vocations that he has given us. And if we continue to disorder all of our vocations, our lives become disordered and chaos. This is the story that we are given by the world. This is the story that we are told is the American dream. This is the story that is handed to us to encourage us to go down that route. But I am here to tell you that it is a lie. That those things really don't care. That lie can only be overcome with this truth. That our first vocation, our first calling is to be His. That the way we are actually known in our life is His. That we are people who are loved and we are people who are alive and we are His children. That is our first vocation That is our first calling. That is everything else is built upon that. That is the foundation of these houses of our lives. That is the place where people enter in and dwell with us. It is as His. That is who you are. That is your first vocation. That is the place where we receive mercy and the place where grace upon grace flows into our life. It is a vocation that was won for us by the blood of Christ. It is a vocation that has been granted to us by an eternal Spirit coming to you. It is a vocation that no matter how many lies come at you can never be taken away. This is who you are. This is your vocation. You are loved and you are living. You are His. Before I was pastor, before you were whatever occupation, before I was Esther's dad, before I was Christie's husband, I was His. And that is the same for you. And it is knowing that that is our first vocation, that that is the center of our very life, 
that we begin to ask the question, where is it that he is active? That from that point forward in each of our vocations as they extend out, we begin to peel away the first covering and we see the way in which God acts in every part of our life. So that our occupation is no longer the thing that we use to define us, but a place that where God can actually be glorified and a place that cannot chain us to it, but a place of service and duty. That parenthood is not something that we actually do on our own. But knowing that we are His, that we become parents in Christ and realize that it is in His power, His authority, and even His energy that we're able to continue on doing that. And it is in first knowing that we are His, remembering the love that has been granted to us, that we are able to look at our spouse even when we don't want to look at our spouse and say, I love you. So in knowing, knowing first and foremost that we are His child, that this is the calling that has brought us here, that this is even the calling that unites us now, we begin to answer, what is it that God is doing in each of our vocations? How is it that people see us as loved and living? That same young man, the one where the pastor had to sit down and have a talk. He looked at his life and he realized it was true. He had the option to go back into the work and sit back down at his desk and hope maybe, just maybe, that things would change on their own. But remembering how repentance works, we're people that look for change. He had to leave his occupation. It certainly was hard, as anybody who current vocation of unemployed knows. But suddenly he remembered his wife. Suddenly he found himself back with his community. And from there was able to build a whole new life built upon God. In fact, many of you got to meet him as he came and he preached there from that lectern bringing the word both in Tigrinian and English. Vicar Dawid Fork. You see, it's scary to confront our vocations that become our idols. But when we remember that our first vocation is as His, we remember that in Christ there is no fear but only love. To rebuild our marriages becomes a task that is no longer off-hands or undoable, but a journey that we're not walking alone. To rebuild our families and our homes becomes something that is possible. And to go to work in the freedom of knowing that we will not become slaves to it, but rather use it as a place that God uses us, it becomes a place of joy. Where is it that God is active in your vocations? How is it that is being known in your life that first and foremost 
You are loved and living. You are His. Go from this place knowing that that is exactly who you are. Amen?